I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. My name is James Alexander Sinclair and uh, I am at the Chelsea Flower Show 2018 where I've been for the last few days uh, because I have been judging show gardens and that happens on the Saturday and the Sunday. And so Monday is a little bit of a moment where we all just exhale quietly and wander around and smell the flowers before the medals are announced Tuesday. You come to Chelsea, you expect the absolute creme de la creme of horticulture and uh, garden design. And some years you come along and you think... Maybe that's not quite as creamy as it was the last year. And then other years you come on and say, well, this is a corker. And I think I can quite happily say that this is a pretty creamy year, 2018. Talking about the main show gardens, I now know intimately, having spent many hours walking around them and sitting on them and sniffing them, there's a really, really nice variation. Because sometimes you have a sort of... It, it doesn't happen deliberately, but there's a sort of weird zeitgeist that happens in show gardens where you suddenly think, well, hang on, that one's... This doing the same sort of thing as that one and part of that is because the show is always at the same time which means that uh, designers are drawing on the same stock of plants this year has been a very good year for lupins you can see and previous years have been a very good year for alliums and it sort of sort of depends and it sort of works out how it is but because of the very cold winter and then suddenly these sort of bursts of heat that we've been having there are some interesting plants that have appeared but as a general sort of feel we have so we range as you walk down main avenue we range from sort of you know deep cool shade right up to sort of hot mediterranean uh, and then in between that we whisk off to the to the hills of wensleydale uh, and then we stop off in, in in a sort of a sort of wooded garden for the nspcc that chris beardshaw's done uh, and then we have a sculpture garden uh, and then we have a very sort of urban rooftop garden and then we have something from cornwall and so we've got an awful lot of variation which is what you sort of like you want to be able to walk down main avenue and see a lot of things almost to be whisked through geography and time. I'm John Snow, I'm at the Chelsea Flower Show and it is spellbinding. This is Joanna Lumley and I'm at Chelsea. I come every single year and it is paradise, it really is. I love it, it's an inspiration and I am absolutely bewitched. My name is Shirley Ballas, head judge on Strictly. This is my first trip to Chelsea Flower Show. I've always dreamt about coming here. All I can see is a mass of the most beautiful flowers and roses. It's just beautiful. I mean, I just feel surrounded like one big flower. Hi, I'm Trevor Nelson. I'm here at Chelsea Flower Show 2018, and I'm glad to be here. This is my second year. 
Never thought I'd be into gardens, but wouldn't miss it. Every year now I'm addicted. I'm Arit Anderson and I'm very excited to be here at RHS Chelsea Show 2018. And it is glorious sunshine. It's so lovely. And there's so many amazing things to see. There's quite a lot of water features here this year. So having that nice trickling sound of water going past as you're going through the gardens is absolutely wonderful. Quite a lot of colour going on as well. Blue seems to be quite a colour of the season. I'm seeing lots of pops of orange coming through as well this year everyone that's going to visit is going to be able to take home something and make a change in their space my name is tom massey and i'm the designer of the lemon tree trust garden at the chelsea flower show the garden is set in demiz camp which is a refugee camp in northern kurdish iraq the idea is that it's a communal garden for a community of syrian refugees it's a space that people could enjoy together they could learn how to grow things syrians just like us brits are big gardeners you know they love gardens they love scented plants people that i spoke to in the camp said it was so important to have gardens and it's it's often one of the first things that people do when they arrive they build their home and then they start to garden they get plants straight away and they they start planting things and and just start brightening up their spaces. It was something that they really, they wanted that connection to home. So in our garden, there's lots of plants that would remind Syrian people of home. Damascus roses, lemons, the pomegranate trees, they're definitely a standout feature. We've got a row of them and you get really nice views through. They've got really bright red flowers on them as well, which are something I think quite rare to see in the UK. And the lemon tree is full of lemons as well, which I think really does transport you to somewhere hotter. The colour palette is very vibrant. There's lots of reds, yellows, purples, deep blues. The planting's got quite an uplifting feel. It's also very scented as well, so there's lots of herbs in there. Things that people would use in Middle Eastern cooking, so mint, sage, thyme, basil, oregano. We've got some aniseed and chickpeas. I love playing around with the ideas on the wall that's inspired by ideas from the camp. So tin cans hanging on reinforcing mesh, gutters planted with salad crop all these ingenious ways people have used waste materials to plant. Anything you can imagine, anything you could use as a planter, people were using. Often refugee camps are portrayed as these places of despair and, you know, rubbish everywhere. But that's not the case. The Miz camp is a very positive, very uplifting space. You know, there's kids running in the streets, they call out, say hello, and every home you stop at, people invite you in and they offer you tea and biscuits. And the garden is inspired by all the gardens and all the resilience and all the determination of, of people in the camps. And it included that in the planting scheme to bring a sense of Syria or Kurdistan to the Chelsea Flower Show. I'm Deborah Meaden. I am at Chelsea Flower Show today. I'm very lucky to be at Chelsea Flower Show today. And I'm primarily here to judge the product of the year competition. So I have to say every year we get some really, really interesting products. And some of them I think, well, yeah, I've seen that before. And then you realize there's a new twist, there's, which, which I think is what innovation is all about. You don't have to come up with something brand new. You just do something better. And the actual winner itself, I read about it, but I thought, so what's different? And what it is, it's pre-primed seeds. So seeds that will have a better chance to germinate, will germinate faster, and will should have a better crop. Uh, so a bigger crop, healthier crop. And I thought, well, I've seen those before, and I have seen them before, but they're chemically primed. And these seeds are primed through heat and water. That's it. And in this day and age, that matters to us. You know, we care about what we're eating. If I'm going to be growing my own vegetables, I don't want to be putting chemicals on it. So that really mattered to me. I'm Beverly Knight and I'm here at the Empire Windrush Garden in association with Brum Council. And for me, it's so moving. It's desperately emotional. It makes me actually feel quite teary because... You know, this is my legacy, this is my history, 
my mum came here in 64, my dad in 59. They went to Wolverhampton. But of course, they represent a whole generation of people who came starting in 48. And, and you know, the result of that are people like me. And so to see this garden and all the people represented, lovely Floella in there as a little figurine at the deck and the dominoes, all these beautiful plants, it's so special. Baroness Floella Benjamin here in front of my RHS Chelsea Windrush Garden. We're hearing waterfall, the water of the Caribbean, the vibrancy of the Caribbean, the chattel house with a round square and an arched window, the flowers that makes you feel as if you are living, the kind of excitement that goes through your soul. You've got the flying fish, you've got the dolphins, and then the water, the anchor done in white and purple flowers. The dominoes here in the garden, they've got pictures and images of Windrush pioneers, the people who came here, uh, Lord Kittinger, who actually came here singing London is the place for me, which is known for Paddington, you know, everybody knows that song. But we've got the guitar in the garden representing the music and the culture, the food on the deck, the allotments with some of the plants that we have bought here and we grow here in our allotments. And everything is significant. We have a replica of the Windrush ship with the people waving as they arrive at the Tilbury Docks 70 years ago. And look at the faces. They're, they're actually modelled on real people in Birmingham. They're 3D images and they are there to tell their story, the feeling of we are British and we want to come here to build Britain. And then on the other side of the garden, we have the British side of things. People came here to work on the buses. They came here to work on the railways. They came here to work in the factories, in the steel factories. They came here to work in the NHS. So we've got the nurse's hat there as well. So there's a story, a real story, but there's so also... Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well done. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, that's the feeling I've been getting and the, the you know, response I've been getting all day here at Chelsea. People have come to see it and are smiling and everybody's come and said, wow. I said to Darren Shear when I described the garden to him, I said, I wanted to have the vibrancy of the Caribbean, to show the spirit of the Caribbean. Because, you know, a lot of these plants people think are Caribbean, but in fact they were brought over from Europe to the Caribbean and they grow beautifully in the Caribbean because of the sunshine, the weather and I wanted that kind of spirit, that vibrancy to be here and he created these flowers. These ones here, you know, they represent the water and they were the right type of flowers and the other side again they represented Britain so it's not the bright colours but the purples and the, and the pinks. I want the garden to people to feel connected. I want people to feel as if they belong to the story that I'm telling. It's a celebration. It's a legacy for children and that's why we have artwork done by six to seven year olds, eight year olds, depicting their vision of Windrush. And it's very important that children are a part of this celebration too because without children we have no future. And my mum used to grow a lot of these plants. My mum was a fantastic gardener. So she, you know, you know, part of her spirit is here. And in fact, today I've, I've kind of saying this garden is in honour of my mother. My mother who adored gardening, who was a brilliant gardener. And so her spirit is in the garden. And everything about it is clever. Everything about it is, um, you know, brilliant how it, the concept has been put together by Darren. And I'm really, really pleased. One of the advantages of being a judge is that you get to actually look at these gardens in enormous detail. And quite often it's not the sort of big picture 
that grabs you. It's the little tiny details, the tiny details that show skill in design, skill in plant, plantsmanship, skill in craftsmanship, skill in landscaping, and all of all of these kind of things. So you're looking at little small, so little plant combinations or little bits of rock work and things like that. And that's actually how the visitor should look at the garden, because very very few of us can say, "Oh, I like that. I'll have that. I'll put it in my garden at home." But but the way that that one should visit flower shows is that you come along and say, "I like that bit," and wouldn't it be quite nice? And that bit would look quite good in that corner around the back by the shed. And you can take things like that from Chelsea. So so the little things that, that, that I've taken is that Sarah Price's planting in the M&G garden is, is exquisitely lovely. You know, it's, it's designed for a hot Mediterranean cli- climate, so it may not do quite so well in Bolton. But the way that she's planted it, and the, and the whole garden basically is a flower bed with this sort of paths that you walk through uh, amongst plants. So, so you're looking at each in particular plants. And one of the really, really lovely things about it is that when you walk through that garden, you have to walk really slowly. And so you're actually picking your way through. You don't want to tread in anything, which means that the more care you take in walking through a garden, the more you actually see. And that's a really nice sort of little thing. And then the Welcome to Yorkshire Garden, some beautiful detail. Mark Gregory's Welcome to Yorkshire Garden. Uh, and it's basically based on Wensleydale. So, so it is an advertisement for Yorkshire, saying, come to Yorkshire, come and see us, please, please, please. He's made a little sort of creamery. So the story is the fact that there's a farm uh, in the distance, and then there's a field, and then he's made a sort of uh, a cheesery. Is, a cheese, is, is cheesery a word? If it isn't, I feel it is now. Okay, a cheesery. Mark Gregory's cheesery. They will actually be making cheese in it during the show. So it's it's uh, a modern building made of old materials, which is an interesting sort of distinction rather than an old building, the building that's been restored. There's a lot of really, really lovely, exquisite detail in there. Even things like there's old Yorkstone paving, and it it hasn't really been cleaned, so you can still feel the dirt, which would be on a paved area in that situation. So you can sort of see the way that's been distressed rather beautifully. There's the most wonderful stream that just trickles down the hill. There's a genuine cowpat that has been brought all the way from Wensleydale, I think possibly in a Securicor van, to make sure that it arrived intact. Uh, there's, there's some sheep poo in a couple of places. But, you know, there's, it's just these little tiny details that you see in people people like. So, so that's, that's in direct contrast to Sarah's garden, which is very much a garden. This is a, a little snapshot of a piece of landscape that has been idealised slightly, but not idealised too much. So sometimes you can over-idealise it. It looks a bit chocolate boxy. But this has just got just the right bit of Yorkshire grit to the whole thing that sort of keep, keeps it going. And then we pop along a bit and then you get to Chris Beardshaw's garden, which is very interesting because you stand on, on the narrow end of the garden. So, you know, most, most show gardens, it's the 10 by 22. And the first time you see it is on the 10. So it's on the short bit. And you look at it, and you can't see anything. There's two enormous rhododendrons with very, very garish flowers on them. And you're thinking, whoa. And then there's a wall. And so you can't actually see in. But, but the whole thing is it, it, not being able to see everything at one time is a very good thing. It's an invitation rather than a, a complete revealing. There is a, a, a very, very good reason why the Dance of the Seven Veils has seven veils and not just one. And that's good garden design. It means that you're very slowly letting people see bit after bit after bit. But then you, so then you walk around the corner, you go down the long side, and oh my goodness, he's got some trees there. And, and not only that, there's, there's a plant called, a shrub called Enchianthus. And they are such beautiful Enchianthus that, that pretty much anybody who is horticulturally inclined stops at that moment. And, and I have had m- many people saying, I probably can't swear on this, but I've had a number of uh, distinguished horticulturists who stop dead at that point and say, oh, dash it, <laughs> an Enchianthus, wow. Uh, and it's one of those sort of stop, drop, dead plants. And then you go down a bit further and there's this very, very gorgeous and beautiful building. And then this sort of emptiness around it. And it's, and it's a very good sort of use of space. 
Hello, my name is Jill Otway and I'm the Plant Committee Manager at the Royal Horticultural Society and I manage the work of our seven plant committees and they are the audience who vote for the Plant of the Year every year at Chelsea Flower Show. Chelsea Plant of the Year competition is a great showcase for individual plants that gardeners can go to their garden centre and buy and they can put them on their windowsill, in their window boxes, on their balcony in their gardens and they're all available to buy uh, and they hopefully will be able to enjoy all of them for many years to come. In third place, the Heliantus annuus unbelievable brown-eyed girl. In second place, the Eryngium blue waves. But the winner for the ninth year of this competition is the Hydrangea Runaway Bride, Snow White. So Good afternoon, my name's Paul Masters. I'm Head of Horticulture at Thompson & Morgan. When I first saw the plant in Germany a little over a year ago, I just knew as a business we had to have that plant to offer to our customers. Delicate graceful arching it's a, it's a beautiful plant and can use it in ways you can't normally use a hydrangea seen it growing in a hanging basket growing in a pot it'll cascade down and it'll also form a, a shrub in a garden i think you could train it up a wall you can train it in a tower we think it's a it, it's a groundbreaker The space to grow gardens. This is this is a new category. So so what we do, or what the shows department do at the RHS is 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 you try not to sit in your laurels and you try to move things around and change things about. Last year we had the Radio Two Feel Good Gardens, and this was a complete where we never had gardens before, which was along with this rather wonderful background of the um, of the Royal Hospital. And so we have a row of ten by ten gardens that go along there called Space to Grow, and they have a really nice range. And what's good about them is that they are accessible and that people will come along. So it's the more approachable side because people can come along. And so 10 by 10, fine, I've got a garden at, at the back of my house that's 10 by 10, I can get things from this. And, and along there, there is, there is a mixture of things. There are some uh, good sort of urban gardens, which is sort of clipped and uh, well-made and crisp. There are some sculptural gardens as well. So there's a big garden for the Myeloma Association by John Everest, which has got this huge blue plastic head. And you look, it's a blue plastic head. You catch that in certain lights, it's really, really, really staggeringly stunning. And underneath it are some wonderful plants. Because uh, the other thing that you quite often do not see in smaller gardens is big shrubs used. And it's quite a good trick, as if you have a small garden, you put a big plant. It, it, the temptation is, oh, my garden is too small for that big shrub. And it isn't, actually. Uh, so you have many fewer plants, but you use bigger ones. And it's a quite a brave way of, of planting a small garden. He's got some really big ewes and some big euonymus in there as well, because they are in proportion to the large head that he's got there. And then uh, Catherine McDonald's garden, which is next to him, which is basically for seed lip. And seed lip is a non-alcoholic spirit. And this one, taste of peas. It's distilled from peas, and obviously anybody who has, was listening when they were being taught botany at school knows that uh, the pea is a member of a huge family of plants, which are called the Fabiaceae, which go from trees to uh, you know, vegetables to small herbaceous plants. And so the whole garden is planted out with relatives of the pea. And there are quite a lot of pea plants in there too, but then there's lupins and all sorts of other things that are of the same family. And so that's a rather lovely and exciting and interesting garden. It's quite nice to have this sort of botanical twist to it, just a little bit of extra bit. Then there is um, basically an underwater garden, 
called the Pearlfisher's Garden, which is down there. Uh, and that's inspired by the sculpture of a chap called Jason DeCares Taylor, who has for many years been dropping concrete figures into the Gulf of Mexico uh, and also into a river near Winchester and various, various other places where they sit and they grow coral. And so the coral and the fish and the shellfish and all that attach themselves to these sculptures and change the way that, that they look. Obviously, it is well worth a walk along there, but if you are one of the few people who is unlucky enough not to get a ticket or you decide that you would rather stay at home uh, and enjoy uh, the Chelsea Flower Show through the ministrations of Mr Montague Don and Mr Joseph Swift on the television, um, you should also back that up by looking at the RHS website where you will find details of all the gardens, large and small, and all the exhibits uh, who are showing at this year's Chelsea Flower Show and at the other flower shows that we are having later on in the summer. I'm Catherine Potsidis, the show manager for the RHS Chelsea Flower Show and talking to you from behind the scenes at the show today. We are really excited this year at the show to have a brand new category called the Space to Grow Gardens and the idea behind them is to really inspire with little flourishes and little takeaway ideas. So we've got a um, really nice variety there, everything from the very conceptual, incorporating amazing sculptures, which perhaps you might like in your own garden, to the very sort of relatable kind of urban setting gardens such as Cakewell's West End Garden and John Warland has partnered up with Pearl Fishers uh, to create an amazing garden which uh, highlights the challenges seen in our greatest and hugest garden on the planet Earth which is the oceans. It's a slightly conceptual idea this one but they are highlighting the problems that we're currently experiencing in this day and age with plastic pollution and hoping that people take home a message that uh, using less plastic or using it uh, in recyclable ways might be, um, might be the way forward and uh, also has some amazing sort of indoor planting ideas in that particular garden. Sue Biggs, Director General of the RHS. Well here we are on the RHS Feel Good Garden and this was created to really celebrate the 70th anniversary of the NHS, our wonderful national treasure that the NHS is and it seems a fitting tribute to their fantastic celebrations here. We've been planning for many years to just increase time and time again at each of our shows the exposure for how great gardening is for all of us. And we all know we're all gardeners here at Chelsea Flower Show. But really we want the world to know more about how gardening is great for you and whether it's for physical health of actually getting out there in the fresh air and gardening and enjoying these beautiful plants or it's for mental health that when you come home from work and you're feeling stressed or you're having problems in your life, you can just come out to this beautiful quiet area and enjoy these gorgeous plants, these gorgeous colours, the scents of the plants. And that's really what the RHS knows and the NHS knows it too. So we thought for their birthday, we'd come together and celebrate the power of gardening for mental health. I love this garden. I, I would love to live in this garden. It is so beautiful. It's so tranquil and relaxing. And when you look around and you look at all the calm greens here, and then you look at the sun coming through that amazingly rich purple iris, and down to my favourites, those lovely Siberica, Iris Siberica there, I, I could just spend hours in here and I can feel my blood pressure dropping already. It's just a magical garden to celebrate why gardens are important for all of us. Wherever we live, plants are powerful. My name's Matt Keatley, I'm designing the RHS Feel Good Garden and we are stood in the middle of the space on the corner of Main Avenue. It's all very well creating gardens that are aesthetically pleasing for, for people with lots and lots of money and that's nice too, it's just nice to have the opportunity to, to be as creative as you can but you can be creative in different ways when, 
when it means something. And motivation is through the roof when it's for something like this too. It's it's not just the, the Help for Heroes Garden, but this one and also the, the, the work we're doing at Wisley. It's hopefully the start of encouraging people to to provide patients with more social prescription. So, so rather than tranquilizers, get them outdoors, get them enjoying gardens, get them recovering quickly or, or quicker than they already are. And, and that's proving to be the case. So the RHS hosted the competition, three quarters of the UK's mental health trust entered. And it just goes to show how important a decent outside space is, a well-created, carefully considered outside space or garden is. And the Mental Health Trust really values that and they're really starting to see that. So hopefully, once this is moved and they've had it for a period of time, they'll see some positive results. They'll see that the patients are potentially happier, potentially recovering uh, in a more speedy fashion. And the members of staff and the family members that come to visit them at that particular location have a nicer time as a result. The pavilion, obviously, we haven't really spoken about the pavilion today because I spent all my time wandering around gardens for the last two days. Uh, and so one of my pleasures for the rest of the week is to just nip in and out of the pavilion. There's, and there are a, a couple of uh, staggeringly wonderful things in there. Uh, in particular, the hellebores, John Mass's hellebores, uh, which, are, which are really, really beautiful. Things. There have been moments of Chelsea history where things have changed in the pavilion uh, and John Massey did it a couple of years ago with hepaticas which is basically bringing in things that really shouldn't be flowering this but with really really skillful nurserymanship and plantsmanship he's been able to show us and this year it's hellebores which you know everybody knows in their gardens they finished a while ago. One of the other sort of seminal moments uh, was actually Beth Chateau who very sadly died very recently uh, one of our greatest plants people ever I think uh, many of you will have read the correspondence between her and Christopher Lloyd uh, and, and some people may even have seen her exhibits because she came to Chelsea oh gosh I don't know how many years ago it was now it must be about 40 odd years ago and at that point most of the exhibits in the pavilion were quite rigid and they'd been much the same as they had been for ages and there were sort of you know regimented rows of, of plants lined up and she decided that what she wanted to do was to plant her stand much more like a garden uh, and so instead of displaying uh, the plants, you know, this is this, this is that, this is that. It was mixing them all together, which means that it was not just showing them botanically and showing the plants at, at, at their best. It was also inspiring businesses with ideas for their own gardens. And her garden, her sort of speciality in particular, is anybody who has been to her garden is, will, will know that quite a lot of it was just made out of an old car park with the most free-draining soil in the world. And so she was planting this which would cope with really, really dry, tough conditions. So, so any plant that Beth was growing and was surviving with her, you could be pretty certain would survive with you as well um, and so so she was a, a great inspiration to probably two generations now of nurserymen and plants people and we will miss her um, however you can again if we go back to the RHS website which I may have mentioned yeah. earlier uh, uh, you go back to the RHS website you will find by searching around the place that, that, that we have put up a recording of an interview between her and the, the equally legendary Roy Lancaster uh, to remind you of a glorious partnership and a wonderful woman. Hello Christopher Beardshaw. Hello. I'm delighted, delighted, delighted to say that you have won Best Show Garden this year. So many congratulations to the Morgan Stanley MSPCC Garden. Well, Thank you very much. Well. I'm Chris Beardshaw and I'm the designer of the Morgan Stanley Garden for the NSPCC at Chelsea Flower Show. One of the most striking things about the garden this year is the range of trees that we've used and, and indeed large shrubs too. I wanted 
to very definitely sow that seed of being a woodland garden. And so on the front corner of the garden, at the corner that most people will see first, is um, a rather majestic Betula nigra, the river birch, which has a sort of peeling bark. It's a fabulously textural plant and a very broad, open, multi-stem canopy. And that itself carries the metaphor of, of things being shared. You know, as a child embarks on this relationship, this journey with the NSPCC, there's a real sense that you have to let things go. And so that river birch is, is key. It holds the front corner of the garden together. Um, and at over 12 metres in height and 10 tonnes in weight, it's a, it's a serious piece of kit on the corner. But that's what Chelsea is about. It is about doing extraordinary things and using plants which perhaps, you know, we would walk past in a park situation every day and not really pay it any attention. But you bring it onto the showground like this. And, well, when we brought it down on the vehicle, uh, we had it in the strops and it was fully open. And the main avenue here just came to a standstill. I mean, everyone just came to the front of the garden and took pictures. It's probably the most photographed plant at the show at that particular point because it just looks remarkable, balanced on, on the forks of a, of a vehicle. But it's a real beauty. But the plants in the garden really try and tell the narrative of, of this transition, um, the growing of confidence and the growing of personality and emotion. The idea that we either have no flower at the front um, or we have very modest flowers. So things like Enchianthus, for instance, with their very delicate bells, Styrax japonica, very delicate white fuchsia flowers, pendant on the underside of the branches, Helicia, the snowdrop tree, also very pendant um, and very delicate, only visible if you look up way up into the canopy. Those are typical of the sorts of things that we've used at the front. As you migrate through, the plants become much more confident. So Mechanopsis, for instance, Sheldonii, which is just the most beautiful azure blue and multi-headed um, of the blue poppies. Camassias, of course, upright and very floriferous on, a, on an ever-extending spike. And one of the things that is really quite striking is that the colour palette throughout most of the garden is muted tones of greens and greys and blues, perhaps whites and the occasional pink. But at the front, well, we've got two massive rhododendrons and um, the, the point of those rhododendrons, of course, is that they represent perhaps the child, that the rhododendron, when it's out of flower, is really quite muted, it's quite sombre, quite reserved in the way that it presents itself, almost static. But when they're in flower, they're hugely vibrant and vivacious. And I wanted to use them because they maybe represent the, the life and energy and beauty of the child when they're in flower at the show like this. But imagine them out of flower and suddenly they become something very different in the garden. Once the show doors close here at Chelsea Flower Show, this garden, unlike the three others that we've done for Morgan Stanley, this garden isn't being translated to another space. It has a completely different use. So everything is being carefully lifted and removed the plants all repotted and restacked on trolleys and then they're being shipped immediately down to three gardens that open on behalf of the NSPCC where members of the public gardeners will be able to buy their little piece of the NSPCC garden at Chelsea Flower Show and that's happening immediately after the show closes so in the in the few days following uh, Chelsea Flower Show and all the details on where those uh, events take place, the, where the plant sale fairs take place and, uh, and when they happen is all available on the Morgan Stanley website.
to those of you who are coming to Chelsea, I hope that you have a wonderful time. For those of you who are watching it on the television, please enjoy it and be staggered by the quality of horticulture that we have here. To those of you who are continuing to be supporters of the RHS, I thank you because we need you to help us to carry on the work that we do. Because it's not just all about glamorous horticulture. It's about the stuff that we do in the other 11 months of the year. Stuff in schools, stuff with students, stuff with science uh, and stuff with communities. So enjoy Chelsea and I will see you soon. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Crest robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Crest Robotic Lawn Mower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.